Thank you for listening to the About Sports Podcast. Be sure you're subscribed so every time we post a new podcast, you're alerted. Without further ado, let's get right into things. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Welcome on into the About Sports Podcast. What a time to be alive. And I just got to be honest, it feels really really good saying that uh, the sports are here. I mean, we are in full swing with the sports. Last Saturday, college football opened up, and this Saturday, we get the real thing. Alabama and all the top 10, top 25 teams, they're starting to play this Saturday. That's very exciting. We're a week and a half away from the NFL season opener where my Cowboys are going to get absolutely slaughtered by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, some very exciting things coming uh, for the About Sports podcast. We have a set that is going to be constructed here. We've got the lighting for it. We've even got some of the backdrop and some of the set stuff for it. Uh, Just a little detail here there's going to be turf okay turf is the only hint you guys get so turf obviously it's a sport uh, it's a podcast about sports and so you got to have turf something to represent some grass right and so turf is there we have a few items coming in the mail this week for the podcast set and uh, I'm, I'm very excited the podcast is back we're back off season's over I hate that I had to take an off season it was a very 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 long off season but we are back here at full swing and if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man trailer, this is nothing to do with sports. <laughs> but if you haven't seen the new Spider-Man trailer, go and watch it. Uh, because Spider-Man is one of my favorite superheroes ever. And that trailer was absolutely fantastic. I mean, I was blown away. Uh, we're going to have another great movie. Marvel continues to amaze me. Low-key, the TV show was good. WandaVision was spectacular. I mean, everything that they have produced has just been absolutely phenomenal. And it looks like we're going to continue into the MCU universe with some fantastic storylines and whatnot. But let's go ahead and dive right into our first topic on today's podcast. The problem child, Jake Paul, went up against Tyron Woodley last night. And look, I'll just say this right off the rip. I get a lot of flack for supporting Jake Paul. And look, I haven't followed Jake Paul his entire career. And when I say his entire career, I mean like when he was a YouTuber or he was a Vine star. I followed his brother Logan Paul a lot. I've always followed Logan Paul since like 2015 when he first got on YouTube. Uh, I watched Logan Paul. And I got to say this. Haters are going to hate about Jake Paul. I mean, I like I said, I get so much flack and so much heat for saying this man's a real fighter. He takes this legitimately. I started following Jake Paul all the way back a few years ago when he first started this whole amateur boxing thing with the YouTubers uh, when he fought Deji. And then you had KSI fighting Logan Paul, but you had Deji versus Jake Paul. And that's when I really started following Jake Paul. And, you know, from there, he really got into the sport of boxing. And the reason I say he's a real fighter is here's one of the reasons. He was living in L.A., and the more and more he started taking this seriously, he realized L.A. is a trap. It has way too many distractions for me, and 
he did some research and he found out a lot of good boxers that box in America, they train in Florida. And so he moved down to Miami, Florida, and he went there and his brother Logan, as Jake moved to Miami, Logan moved to Puerto Rico. And Jake went out there for a training camp, went to visit him and whatnot. And Jake realized there's an even stronger boxing culture out here in Puerto Rico. And there's less distractions. So Jake then moves to Puerto Rico, moves his training camp to Puerto Rico, and he's it looks like he's all in on this boxing thing. He's training hard. He's not just doing training for clout. He's not just posting videos of him training for views and whatnot. You know, people say he posts a lot of him training or he posts a lot of videos. And honestly, he really doesn't. I mean, that's just where we're at in today's society. A lot of sports artists are doing that a lot of combat sports people are starting their own youtube channels showing their videos of them at training camp and whatnot i mean it's just the world we live in jake paul's no different the only reason people say that about him is because he's a polarizing figure and people hate him and people wish they could have what he has right now um but yeah haters are gonna hate on jake paul you know there's so much never-ending excuses for him Let, let's keep in mind this is jake paul's fourth fight against a five-time, arguably the greatest welterweight in UFC history. This was his fourth fight, and he's going to get, going up against a five-time UFC champion, Tyron Woodley. And there's never-ending excuses with Jake Paul haters. At first, when he boxed the YouTuber Gibb, his first professional one, and knocked him out in the, the first round or whatever, you know, a lot of people said, he's a YouTuber. He's not even an athlete. Why don't you go ahead and just fight an athlete? So what does Jake do? He goes and he fights Nate Robinson, an athlete, right? He knocks him out in the second round, and everybody says, well, he's not a fighter. Go and fight a fighter. They're like, you couldn't fight a fighter and win even if you tried. So what does he do? He goes and he boxes Ben Askren, knocks him out in the first round. Then everybody says, Ben Askren is one of the worst strikers in UFC history. He got knocked out. He has the fastest knockout time in UFC history, which, by the way, only happened once. But anyways, they throw that in Jake Paul's face. So what does Jake Paul say? Okay, well, it's my fourth fight. You guys are wanting me to fight Canelo for my fourth fight, but I'm going to go ahead and fight five-time UFC champion Tyron Woodley. <clears throat> you know, and so the fight week builds up, everything's going down, and everybody's saying Jake's going to get absolutely creamed. This guy's a striker. Jake Paul's never been hit. He's never been outside of two rounds. Jake Paul doesn't have the cardio. He's doing this for clout. He's about to find out what it's like to fight a real fighter. Jake Paul goes all eight rounds, which, by the way, I had it where Jake Paul was going to knock him out in the fifth round. It didn't happen. But Jake Paul controls the entire fight. His jab was precise. It was always clicking. He had great combinations. He was wearing out Tyron's body. Every time Tyron tried to come in, and he did get a few shots, landed on Jake. But Jake was doing everything that his coach, BJ Flores, taught him. Jab him off. Jab him off. Jab him off. When he comes in, jab him out of there. And, you know, one thing I really didn't appreciate about the fight last night was the commentators. Every time Jake would throw an overhand right, they're like, Jake's throwing haymakers. They're doing that because of media. It's an overhand right. There was no haymakers about that. I mean, there might have been some when they were tired and just throwing at each other, but an overhand right is not a haymaker. And so I really didn't appreciate that. But, you know, so all the excuses about Jake not having cardio and not being able to go a full fight. Well, he goes all eight rounds with Tyron Smith. I mean, Tyron Woodley, not Tyron Smith. He goes all eight rounds with Tyron Woodley, controls 
six out of eight of them, and I'm being generous there with Tyron Woodley. I think Tyron only won a single round in that fight. I believe it was the fourth round where Jake Paul almost got knocked down, uh, and that was the only round Tyron won. And all the swing rounds I give to Jake because he was just landing more shots, and Tyron wasn't. And so he go he proves the haters wrong again. And I get on Twitter, you scroll on TikTok, you scroll on Instagram, you even scroll on Facebook, and everybody's saying this now, fight a boxer. Fight a boxer, Jake. You only fight old men. Fight a boxer. And now he's going to go, and I'm thinking he's going to take the the Tommy, or as he calls him, Timmy Fury. I think he's going to take that fight. But let me just say this. Jake Paul's a legit fighter. And, and if you haven't ordered one of his pay-per-views because I don't support illegal streaming here on the About Sports podcast, but if you haven't watched him, he's polarizing. Everything he does is entertaining and he is fun to watch. And if you watched that fight last night for a boxer's fourth fight, I was very impressed with him. He had some good footwork. He had some sloppy footwork. He had some great combinations. He had some combinations that were the same and you could see that there wasn't a lot in his arsenal but he had a lot for his fourth fight and I'm, I'm just being real here Jake Paul showed great potential and he showed he could fight he took hits from Tyron Woodley he ate him like a champ and sat there and licked his gloves after him or licked his gloves after he popped Tyron Woodley I mean he's just entertaining and I hate making this comparison because Jake hasn't lived up to it yet and it's a modern day comparison and you know but to me right now Jake Paul has the same energy he's got the same vibe as a young Conor McGregor he's a trash talker he talks the smack there's a lot of hype around him and a lot of people when Conor McGregor started rolling up on the scene didn't like him they didn't think he was legit they thought he was phony they were saying the same stuff they're saying about Jake Paul and I think with Jake Paul we're gonna get the same thing we got with Conor McGregor think about this Jake Paul's only been boxing for three years and in my opinion It's better for Jake to box a proven person who has a chin, who's a striker, who's going to challenge him, than Jake Paul to fight some other 22-year-old boxer who's having his second fight, and he lost his first one, and he's an absolute nobody. And the reason I say that is because I went and looked up Floyd Mayweather's fourth fight. Who did Floyd Mayweather fight in his fourth fight? If I were to tell you his name, and I've already forgotten it, you wouldn't know him from Adam. You wouldn't even, like, who is this guy? The guy Floyd Mayweather fought in his fourth fight, that was also that guy's fourth fight. And I think it was Ayula or something like that. And let's just call him that, Ayula. Ayula only had four fights. His fourth fight was against Floyd Mayweather, and it resulted in a TKO. His Out of his four fights, one of them went to decision. Everything else, he was knocked out or TKO'd, which is still a technical knockout. And that guy is nowhere to be seen. Okay, so now with Jake Paul, you know, say Jake Paul fought somebody like that. Then the haters are going to say, you fight nobody boxers. Go and fight Canelo for your fifth fight, Jake. Go and fight Canelo. Jake Paul is taking this slow. He's taking it consistent. You're going to remember Jake Paul's fourth fight, which is smart. He hasn't been in this for a while. He has to get the fans to like him. He has to prove to the fans he can fight. He has to take tougher opponents. I think Tyron Woodley is a tougher opponent than a 22-year-old boxer who's 0 
0-2 or 0-1 that you guys are so desperately wanting Jake to fight. And then the people who say Jake Paul needs to fight people like Canelo or fight a champion, you are absolutely absurd. Who in the world in their right mind on their fifth professional fight is going to go fight arguably one of the greatest champions of all time? After Canelo lost to Floyd Mayweather, he turned his career around and he ain't been the same since. And he's about to unify the division. So why in the world would Jake Paul fight him for his fifth professional fight? That just makes no sense. And if you think it does, you're ludicrous and you're just an absurd Jake Paul hater. Uh, There's a lot of talks about his next fight. And like I said, I think he's going to fight Tommy Fury. Uh, He's only had four-round boxing fights. Jake Paul just survived an eight-round boxing fight, showed some cardio there. Um, Tommy Fury and Jake Paul seems to be an entertaining fight. They're kind of the same build. Tommy Fury's a little bit more uh, built than Jake is. I mean, he's absolutely jacked, but I think they're both 6'0", 6 feet tall. Jake might be 6'1", same weight class and stuff, and that'd be a very... uh, very fun fight to watch. It'd be very challenging, I think, for Jake. Jake says it wouldn't be. I think it would. Uh, who knows who he's going to fight next? You know, Conor McGregor tweeted out uh, something last night after watching the fight, you know, after the decision was called for Jake Paul. T- Conor McGregor literally uh, tweeted out salivating. <laughs> so, whatever that means, Conor McGregor needs something to resurrect his career because his career is over right now. Um, but, you know, going to the. Uh, the ruling last night, the split decision for Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, uh, that was very generous to give Tyron Woodley that, whichever judge that was. Um, even Michael Bisbing agrees with me here. Jake Paul controlled that entire fight, uh, lost one, arguably two rounds of the entire fight. Uh, Jake Paul, he's a legit boxer. He, he's very fun to watch, entertaining. And if you haven't watched one of his pay-per-views, I encourage you to do so. Just don't watch the highlights. Uh, because highlights only show you so much. You know, they're going to show you the good shots. And, you know, Tyron did land a little bit more power punches than Jake. And by that, when you go and watch the highlights, you're like, oh, Tyron should have won. But if you go back and watch the fight, Jake was in total control. Uh, He had Tyron walking him around the ring. But Jake, I think that was his game plan, was to have, you know, Tyron said, I'm going to walk him down. Well, okay, well, Jake had him walking around the entire ring. And every time Tyron tried to come in, Jake would jab him off, hit him in the body, hit him with a left hook. I mean, Jake was throwing some great combinations and landing last night. I think he ended up landing 72 punches, and Tyron only ended up landing 41. So, yeah, Jake Paul uh, arguably was all over that fight. Moving on to our next subject here, the Dallas Cowboys. I, I don't even know what to say about this team. You know, there's a lot of talk this year from the starters and everything. There was some talk last year. You know, there was a lot of talk. Well, we always say we got the talent. We always say this. We always say that. It's time we act on it. And it's true. It's time you get to the the NFC Championship. It's time you get back to the Super Bowl. I'm tired of the Cowboys having these talented rosters and just wasting careers like they did with Tony Romo and Jason Witten and Des Bryant and even DeMarco Murray and Travis Frederick. And it looks like they're going to do it with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin. I'm, I'm just absolutely tired of it. We need to win, and Dallas needs to win now. You know, we had our last preseason game yesterday against the Jaguars. They lost. Dallas didn't win a single preseason game. Early in the training camp, you had the reports. Dak Prescott is suffering an injury with his throwing arm. He will be out. He's going to be on uh, pitch count. You know, he, he can't limited reps or whatever, and now he's all clear. 
Okay, so now now they're saying he's clear. Well, you watch Tampa Bay, who's our first opening game, NFL opener. Tom Brady goes in for three series and absolutely lights it up. He goes in and plays with Chris Godwin. He goes in and plays with some of the starters, and, and he lights it up. Because Tom Brady and Bruce Arians know, hey, we've got a week and a half until we play some contact football again. Let me get Tom Brady's feet wet. Let me get some of these starters' feet wet. He, he knows what to do. And Tom Brady looked absolutely phenomenal. Dak Prescott, I don't even know the, the days it's been since he's played a snap of live football, full contact, no, don't hit the quarterback in training camp rule, none of that. Like, I have no clue the last time Dak Prescott's, it's probably in 400 days, or it's probably in the 200, I, I don't know, whatever count it's in. You know, it's in. It's up there. And Mike McCarthy didn't start a single starter. No rookie Micah Parsons. No Amari Cooper, no Michael Gallup, no starting offensive linemen, no starting defensive linemen. Kelvin Benjamin, one of our, uh, or Kelvin Joseph, I forget his name. Uh, you know, he's supposed to be one of the star corners. Yeah, okay. I don't even know the dude's name. We drafted him this year. He gets hurt. You know, and, and, and here we are. Here we are with Dallas. The injury bug's going to start rolling around. If he can't play week one, you know, one, Tampa Bay is going to eat us alive, even if that young kid plays or not. But now, you know, the excuses start to set in for the Cowboys. Well, we didn't have this corner in, and that's why, and it'll be better the next week. So I just I don't know how I feel about Mike McCarthy. Last year's defense was absolutely atrocious, and a lot of people say, oh, that's Mike Nolan. Well, Mike McCarthy hired Mike Nolan. It was like a, here's a favor. You hired me, I'll hire you. And that was a wasted year. Um, and so hopefully Dan Quinn can get that defense going. I think Dan Quinn is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, um, better than he is head coach. But here's what I'm seeing. I, I think Mike McCarthy's on the hot seat. I really do. If Dan Quinn fixes that defense you know, this reminds me of Dan Quinn 2.0. Like when he took the Falcons to the Super Bowl, he'll have an offense. He'll have a defense coached up. And maybe, just maybe, if Mike McCarthy doesn't do well, Dan Quinn could be the next coach of the Cowboys. And that'll be Dak Prescott's third head coach. And, you know, career over for him. You know, he's not going to win a ring unless somehow it just turns around. But, yeah, Mike McCarthy, uh, he's, quest- uh, he's got me questioning a lot. We're going to get absolutely – torched by Tampa Bay and the NFL opener. But with that being said, uh, for the rest of this segment, we're going to predict the Cowboys schedule. And there are a lot of toss-up games here. Okay. There are a lot. And I, I just don't know what to do. You know, I've been a Cowboys fan for a my whole life, about said for a long time, literally my whole life, I've been a Cowboys fan. And if there's one thing I know, on these toss-up games, you should be able to say Dallas wins the toss-up. The roster's the best. They've they've got better better players. They should be able to outscore these opponents. They should be able to win these toss-up games. And nine times out of ten, they don't. Okay, so here we go. Week one, we have Tampa Bay. And I'm like I said, we're gonna get absolutely torched. That's an obvious L. Tom Brady's not gonna lose his home opener. Uh, week two, we have the L.A. Chargers, and this is a way, uh, and this is a toss-up game. The first one of the season. Um, a lot of people question me about this. Justin Herbert, 
against our defense. How improved is our defense? I have no clue, but I think Justin Herbert is going to light it up. Uh, that's a toss-up game to me, and I'm going to go ahead and give that toss-up game to the Chargers, Dallas, in week two, 0-2. Then you have the home opener, which I will be at this game. Uh, week three against the Philadelphia Eagles, Monday night football, Dallas, Philly. I'm going to give Dallas their first win here, uh, move to 1-2 and two on the season. Then you have week four, the Carolina Panthers. They upgraded um, kind of at quarterback. You know, they have Sam Darnold, who I think is getting a fresh start. I think it's going to be a good fit for him there. Uh, but that's another home game, and I think Dallas realizes, hey, we can't go one and three here. We've got to win this game. So Dallas goes ahead and pulls that one out and moves the two and two on the season. You have week five against the New York Giants, and the Giants are sounding like they're an absolute dumpster fire over there. They've had a lot of fighting going on. Who knows how that game could go? Uh, I think Dallas is actually going to win that game. Week five, Dallas wins, and they move the three and two. Now, here's an interesting game for me. Week six against the New England Patriots. Uh, I, I really can't make up my mind about this game, and I'll tell you why. Uh, if you've watched Mac Jones during this preseason, he has looked absolutely phenomenal. If you've watched Cam Newton, he's had a good game in the preseason as well. And I think if Cam Newton starts this game in week six, Dallas wins. But I also think, and I've talked to my uncle about this, I think this is a great time for Bill Belichick to say, hey, you know what, Cam? We've ran with you for six weeks now. Let's go ahead and put Mac Jones in and see what he's made of. And I think this would be a great time for Bill Belichick to make the switch. If he's going to make that switch this season with Mac Jones, everybody's going to be watching that. That's the CBS 325 game. Everybody's going to be watching it. Uh, so if Mac comes in, I think he lights it up. I think he proves to the world, hey, I'm legit, and I think he gets an L there. So, you know, I'm going to go ahead and say it's an L because it's against Bill Belichick versus Mike McCarthy, and I just trust Bill Belichick over McCarthy anyway. So I'm going to give that an L. And so Dallas, 3-3 three and three after week six. Week seven, they have their bye. They come out of their bye at week eight. Um, this is a primetime game, primetime Kirk Cousins. Absolutely not. Dalvin Cook could run all over the defense, and if Kirk Cousins – doesn't have a primetime win. He very well could get his first primetime win against the Cowboys. So uh, there you go. But I'm going to give Cowboys a dub there. Coming off of the bye week eight, uh, going to Minnesota. I think Dallas can pull that game out. So they move to four and three. Then they play the Broncos at home week nine. That's a dub for me. Uh, they move to five and three. Then they play the Falcons week 10 at home. I think that's a win as well for the Cowboys. Uh, they move to 6-3. Week 11, they play the Kansas City Chiefs. That's an obvious L. Mecole Hardman, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. They're going to eat our defense alive. Clyde Edwards, a lair. It, it, it's just, it ain't happening. So Dallas takes an L there. Uh, what is that? 6-4. and four. And so then you go to week 12. They have the Oakland or the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and at week 12, that's a toss-up game. Um, you know, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, they've, they've got some stuff going there. They've got a great offensive line, which is going to be tough for our defense to win against. That's a toss-up game. I'm going to be generous to the Cowboys and give them a dub there. 
Week 13, this is where I think Dallas can go on a stretch here. I think they can get a few wins. Even if they lose Week 12, I think Dallas can win these next few games. Week 13 against the Saints, Jameis Winston, uh, that's away in New Orleans. Uh, I think Dallas is going to pull out a dub there. I think Jameis Winston is good, but I think he's going to throw a few interceptions that game as well. And even if they went to Taysom Hill, I just don't think Taysom Hill's an NFL starting quarterback. I, I legit just think he's a gadget guy. And so week 14, you have Washington. Week 15, you have New York Giants. And week 16, you have Washington. Dallas could very easily split the series with Washington there, with especially with their defense. But I think Dallas pulls out all three of those games and gets dubs there. You have week 17 against the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray, if you watched the preseason game uh, with the Cowboys and Cardinals, yeah, Kyler Murray is going to eat us up. And their defense is spectacular. There's no way. I mean, I think the Cardinals are the dark horse of the NFC. I think they could very easily get to the Super Bowl. Their offense is phenomenal. DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Kyler Murray, that offensive line got upgraded. Larry Fitzgerald, they upgraded on defense. They've got Chandler Jones, J.J. Watt, Buda Baker, uh, just a lot of great talent over there in Arizona. And so Dallas takes an L there. And then at week 18, uh, I think Dallas could very easily sweep the NFC East, right? But it's always like this. Week 17, I mean week 18, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, And I think Dallas wins there. Now, I realize with this schedule – that puts Dallas at 12 and 5. That's not realistic. That's a that's if Dallas executed to the roster capabilities. They're a 12 and 5 team. That's probably not going to happen. And they're probably going to end up being a 10 and 7 team. <laughs> but you know, they should be able The only team I worry about in the NFC East is Washington with their defense. You know, they have Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback. And so I, what do you do with that? You know, uh, he did some cool things in Miami, but he's a turnover machine as well as Jameis Winston is. And so, you know, Dallas, who knows? Who knows what this season entails for Dallas? I'm just excited football's back. I'm excited. We're back with sports. College football's back. And it, it's it's going to be an exciting year. You know, I do have a little bit of anticipation for the Cowboys this season. Uh, is Mike McCarthy a good head coach or not? Did he just fizz out at Green Bay? Or were there issues at Green Bay we don't know about? Can Mike McCarthy lead the Cowboys back to the promised land? Uh, he's getting a restart. He's gotten a better defense than when he first got there. What's going to happen with the Cowboys? Who knows? So, uh, But that is it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the About Sports Podcast. It feels good to be back. And let's just hope that Dak Prescott, and these Cowboys can get something rolling uh, because you guys know we're going to talk about them a lot this season. But until then, thank you for listening in, and I'm out, guys. Peace.